This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Profligate. Adjective. Recklessly extravagant or wasteful in the use of resources. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Good evening. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Following the fortunes of Ipswich Town up or down since 2015, my name is Craig Fimbo and this is the live flagship show. And joining me this evening, for a look at the Lincoln match and beyond, are David Diamond and Return of the Mac, Joe Fares. David, how are you? Did you enjoy Thesaurus Corner there? Did you see what I was doing? I did indeed. When you're talking about prof- profligate, I wasn't sure whether you're actually talking about the podcast, um, about us on the podcast or the um, or the bigger thing of yesterday, but I assume you were talking about yesterday. Recklessly extravagant, is that us, <laughs> yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's our new strap line, is it? <laughs> <laughs> reassuringly expensive like the old yeah. Uh, Stella. yeah 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 are you all right yeah good thanks good good joe welcome back long time no see you've been up to much just having my sort of nose reconstructed and my face in, only from the inside unfortunately so you didn't do a very good job mate yeah hopefully over time there'll be less of the sort of heavy breathing so sort of like the old oh. late night love We've breathing down the microphone lost, at the end lost, of the... Just lost half our viewers. <laughs> does, does that mean Mrs. F is finally going to get a good night's sleep, Joe? I haven't actually snored since, apparently, in over three weeks, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll see how long that lasts, but <laughs> it's, it's not been the most pleasant um, couple of weeks. I thought, it, I thought it'd be over in a couple of days, but it's sort of really, really dragged on. I had to miss two games at Portman Road, which is just not something of, I enjoy right. doing. Heard of. Yeah, yeah. And your your oh. shirt. Let's go for it. The people who are watching live, we may as well. Okay, uh, you yeah, yeah. Talk of the shirt, the elephant in the room. Yeah, this is Maritimo, who are the sort of main club side on Madeira. I went there last Christmas and picked it up over, over there. But that's a very Christmassy shirt. So hopefully, I'll get one in the festive spirit. Last did, Christmas, I picked up this shirt. Uh, he's, he's all over it. Did excuse my ignorance. Did Ronaldo ever turn out for? Them. No, I think he's um he's I think he's he's got like an ownership stake or his brother does yeah. on the other team in the island, which is a really ah. small so a really ah, sort okay. of small up and coming team in the island. But these these are the main team in the island, but like anything in Portugal, football is dominated by the big three, Benfica, Sporting yeah, Porto. Yeah. Those three have everything and yeah. Maritimo but they're the biggest team in Madeira, nice little stadium up in the hills there. So I'd recommend anyone get across there. Yeah, travel so travel, travel advice as well. My so, God, you've got we're increasing your vocabulary, and now we're you know, recommending nice. small islands off the coast of Portugal to go for your holidays. Um, and it might it can't be long until you'll be receiving online abuse because Josh Carson's jumping stats aren't um, as accurate as as people want. The football manager must be out relatively soon. Uh, yeah, I think it's the 9th of November. I think is the release date. So I think the database is closed effectively now. So I've had to make the last-minute decisions on whether to have Sonny Aluko injured from the start of the season or not. But he's he's fit at the start of the season. That's the key one there. But, yeah, I, th- I think everything should be okay in there. But 
we'll see. It's, it's generally the sort of January update where you have more of a sort of players update on it because a lot of it's just moving stuff about at the moment. So hopefully we're good. I'm, sh- I'm sure anyone with a hint of football manager ability should be able to get us out of this league quite quickly. So no pressure, Kieran McKenna, Kieran. are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Well, good evening to everyone who's joining us. I'm just going to go for a quick, uh, quick few shout outs to you guys who've um, jumped on. As ever, Charlie D, good evening to you. Nick missed the match, um, but he's coming to, going to be at Derby and Charlton. Hey to you, Nick. Gary, good evening to you. As ever, Michael, good morning from Brisbane. Dan, good evening to yourself. Tony, good evening to you. So we've got uh, from the Telegram mob are uh, already already on board. Um, Kirk, hello to you. AD, and as ever, my good friend David. Um, so yeah, what we'll do um, as ever, we'll go through the main match action, uh, and then you know we welcome all of your comments. Any comments you got and questions afterwards, we'll um, we'll head on to those after we've had a little chat about the, the news and, and the match, if that's okay. So um, people, feel, please feel free to hold off if you want to. Otherwise, it might just get missed, lost in the mists of time, as it were. Um, so in terms of news this week, there hasn't been much going on. Um, Angela Lansbury passed away, didn't she, on Monday? Sad news. Um, she wrote, yeah. Tragic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, was she bed noms and broomsticks? I think she was, wasn't she? I think she was, yeah. One of those, yeah. wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, de- she, she definitely was. Yeah, good old, good, uh, fairly good innings. I think 96, did I see? I think she was. So uh, she saw- did well. Obviously, this is one for the listeners, but I heard a story about how in the Mary Poppins remake, Julie Andrews, they wanted her to do that little part at the very end as like a flower seller. They couldn't agree with her people because she wanted, I think in the end, wanted like 10 million to just do that last part at the end. And Angela Lansbury did it for 200 grand. Easy. Day's work. See you later. Love that. Love that, Joe. Fantastic. Well, there you can see what more what. (laughs) Well, I mean, interesting, what, varied film trivia. To, uh, there's everything going so on tonight. Um, another little bit was Richard Keogh was um, interviewed, I think, pre-match and just mentioned that I think he's done his B license. He's moving on to his A license, and is basically said it would be stupid of me not to have one eye in the future. The environment I'm in now is perfect for me to learn. I've learned so much these past two or three months from the manager, the coaching staff, and everyone at the club. It'll be interesting to see what. Uh, what transpires on that front, won't it, Dave? Whether, you know, I suppose we were actually chatting about this um, up, up where we sat on Saturdays, whether people like Keo and Aluko, by virtue of us hopefully getting promoted, whether that yeah, actually lessens a, the chance of them getting a contract, playing contract, but maybe. A pathway, a, pathway. I, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. I think that, you know, you both read, they're both, you know, McKenna's come out and said that they're both really good influences around the, around the team, around the club, and especially around the young players as well. So, yeah, they're, they're that, that yeah, if we go up, you wouldn't think there'd be contracts for them. So that's a possibility. But yeah, it's good to hear that. Um, you know, so it's two such experienced players, especially Keo, saying coming out and saying that that you know he's so impressed with the coaching and he's you know he's learning learning you know new stuff at the right mm. old age of what thirty six or whatever. Yeah, because also on um, Radio Suffolk on the Thursday night sports social, there was quite a long interview with Lee Grant on that, and Lee Grant yeah. was sort of extolling. Um, Richard Keogh's virtues about how good he is around the place, how he'll yeah. make a great coach when he gets to it. And that, obviously they're close friends and they live together, actually. He sort of, oh, Keogh yeah. had said previously on that Sunday mm-hmm. stroll. But yeah, they're living together locally. But um, yeah, so he was sort of that side. So it does seem like, as we all thought at the time, the signing really, that Keogh's coming down here with one eye on coaching, getting back closer to home, closer to the club he wants to sort of be at. Yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff. Um, just a few more hellos. Mullet, good evening to you. Gary, good evening to yourself. Maz has gone very early with the McKenna out um, <laughs> shout. So, yeah, we'll see about that, Maz. Um, please feel free to get send some abuse Maz's way. Um, the instigator of possibly the longest Telegram discussion um, of all time this afternoon, Jules here, who was... Um, had it started a discussion about the atmosphere around Portman Road, and about 240 messages later, it was uh, still ongoing when I uh, when I last checked. So, good evening to you, Jules, and finally, good evening to Ed. Um, and also, um, Joe Pablo was back in town this week and had a a, a, a tear jerking 10 minute video with um, Matt Holland as they strolled around the the training ground and bits and pieces like that. It was fantastic, wasn't it? That uh, little video. 
yeah, great to see, wasn't he? He's, um, talking about how he sort of hasn't been here since he left, really. Was it like 11 years since he was last here? And I'd say just a fantastic sort of player, wasn't he, for the club? And and when you look at his career as well, it's really it really was just Ipswich's career, wasn't it? It's it sort was. of like a few little spells here, popped to like Malaga and had sort of a bit of time there. But really, Ipswich was the only place he ever found his home. And when... So I remember reading the sort of Graham Hunter Barcelona book and he's talking about the sort of Spanish youth team and Pablo in that sort of in the world sort of under 20 winning side was Xavi and players like that alongside him and was obviously very highly rated. We signed him on a free transfer when we just finished fifth in the Premier League and he just sort of embarrassing the under 21s there and mm. came across and was, yeah, just technically such a good player and he really, I don't know, really sort of bought into it which in the end stayed, stayed that way and sort of just yeah just great to see him back really and hopefully like great for the club to embrace it as well Matt Holland seems to be getting quite heavily involved in the way that sort of Simon Milton was previously on all that side there so I know he's on the trust and it does really feel like yeah like the the old players maybe the more recent old players rather than just the Johnny Walks that, yeah. that sort of era player yeah. the sort of the sort of two fat 90s 2000s players are being um sort of used more and that is a that is a Pablo match-worn shirt, third shirt from a Crystal Palace game, and that's also a Matt Holland match-worn shirt there. So, was it the, the, what, the Crystal Palace four-three game? Was it? No, it's a Crystal Palace game. I think we might have even lost it the year oh, after. Okay. Yeah, or year before. Nice, so nice. So, yeah. well, I'm glad what? I could be of service, so Joe could point out what uh, what shirts he's got. On more his of his more of his shirt collection. More of his shirt collection. <laughs> what shirts he's got on his wall? Um, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Right. Let's. Uh, unfortunately, let's let's go on to uh, on to Saturday's match. What I will do is if I pop up the uh, the lineups from uh, from the match. So on the back of three wins in eight days, as it was last week, and in front of pretty much twenty seven twenty seven thousand people. Uh, so Kieran McKenna made four changes to the starting Morecambe eleven. I think it was. So Burns came in. Uh, Wolfenden came in, Ladapo and Harness, replacing Edwards, Keogh, John Jules and Jackson. Anything you'd have done differently here, Joe? Or, you know, can anyone feel hard done by or after Morecambe? Or is this pretty much now our, our home 11? I th- yeah, I think in the Telegram chat, there was sort of a broad consensus that this is our strongest 11, really, isn't it? For, especially for home games. And I say I'm still not quite sure between John Jules and Ladapo as a nine. I think the Dapo had played well in the previous home game, hadn't he? And John Jules coming on scored, but yeah, that, that's probably the only question mark for me I've got at the moment. But no, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's our strongest level. Just quickly, I'm so for score. Lee Evans getting a nine point one out of ten yesterday. I don't. How? Yeah, yeah. He to be fair, he probably uh, will go through it. But he, I think of all of our players, I think him and Wolverton were the standout. Yeah. But yeah, nine, oh, I nine thought he played well, but nine point one just <laughs> yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb there, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, you think. Thought somewhere in the eights, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of Lincoln, I'll quickly um, rush Worth through their uh, starting eleven. Um, goalkeeper Carl Rushworth. Oh, actually, before we do, as sure as eggs is eggs, Teddy Bishop was absent with a uh, hamstring injury. Um, but they did Rushworth in goal. O'Connor, Jackson, and Paul, their captain, were the normally the centre halves in front of those. Virtue thick or tip. <laughs> And uh, Sanders and their wing backs, or yeah, quite deep wing, wing backs, as it turned out, are Ruffin and Ioma. Ben House through the middle with one of your relatives, Dave. Sadly, not spelt differently, but yeah, I'll take it. Diamond in the rough and yeah. Mandry Oyoyi. Oy, oy, oy. Well, it's their oy, left you. side, isn't it? Diamond in the roughen. Yeah, oh, it's yes. Diamond in the roughen, of course, yeah. Absolutely perfect. And, um, Firstly, there was uh, as the players came out, there was quite an impressive tifo display, wasn't there, by the Blue Action guys? At, yeah, uh, yeah, that's very, very impressive. The way they've uh, managed to no, it really was top slice of the uh, the club badge. There, it's um, good as they as the players come out, mm-hmm. um, and then a minute's applause for the sad news, obviously, of Dun- John Duncan's passing. Um, I paid tribute to him last week, uh, last Sunday, Dave, but mm-hmm. you'd have been slightly more 
cock is something a, a 12 year old a 12 year old me i'd have thought yeah was, i was uh, yeah yeah um no sad sad and, and clearly you know all the um all the tributes that have sort of come in and you hear um, just from the world of football is really well thought of and really well thought of i think on the football football managers football coaches panel whatever he was on but really well thought of and yeah i mean you, as you probably said last week what a difficult job he had picking up the pieces after you know bobby ferguson <clears throat> after bobby ferguson's years in charge and relegation from the old first division and then you know failing to get up that very first season so Duncan came in um and replaced Bobby Ferguson after 86 87 season I think mm. and yeah lasted lasted two seasons and it was I've got to say uh, yeah, well, funny enough we spoke about this yesterday I'm sure again you guys I know you spoke about it last week little nuggets aside during that period obviously the Daly and Atkinson Middlesbrough game <laughs> which just sticks out um I think there was a Man United. I think there was a Man United FA Cup tie in there somewhere, but yeah, Not largely, telly, yeah, largely forgettable, wasn't it? But now a real gentleman. I think a really well thought of. I know Milt Simon Milton spoke well of him. I think he gave. Um, I think he gave um, Milt his debut. Um, so yeah, he, he spoke really well. But yeah. Um, yeah, very sad news at a relatively young age, which is 72, 73, I think. So mm. yeah, very, very sad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that was also very well supported by the, the Lincoln fans as well. Brilliant. Must, uh, yeah, really good. Well. Yeah, got to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the match for the first 20 minutes or so, nothing much happened at all, did it, Dave? I think when you, when you, you know, I'm dropping cricket into the conversation here, when you talk about cricket in innings and they're chanceless, that's a good thing. A chanceless <laughs> cent- century is a good thing. A chanceless. No. First quarter of a football match, yeah, isn't necessarily we, so. No, we weren't on it, were we? We didn't start well. I didn't think we looked a bit sluggish and weren't really picking up those second balls as well as we usually do. I think we said on the Telegram group and right through the game, you know, Lincoln were really quite well organised, as Cambridge, to be fair, were the other week, but I think a bit more compact as well. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, so our right side wasn't great yesterday, certainly not first half, but Danassi and, and Burns, I felt probably <laughs> collectively had the worst games of the worst games of the season which didn't help matters but Morsey didn't really have a great first half which again is really unusual and we just struggled really to get to just get in the game get any sort of good possession around in and around their box um up to the up to the 20 what was it fourth minute anyway yeah but what are the reasons behind that then Joe because there was nothing Morsey wasn't like getting on the ball and scuttling forward like he does sometimes he wasn't like breaking past any tackles Not he just seemed half. to be yeah, it just seemed to be quite messy, really. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was very passive, wasn't it? I think there was a word a few people used. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like even, even when we did something well, so there'd be like a little triangle and we'd take a man out of the play, so we'd sort of break a line, rather than sort of try and yeah. sort of progress sort of progress that and yeah. utilise that situation we'd made, we then would just knock it back and sort of go back to mm-hmm. square one. And it felt like... They really did a job on us on that on our right hand side, their left hand side. I thought the left back Ruffin did really well really up good. against Burns all game. Quick, matched him sort of stride for stride when he was trying to get ahead of him, strong in the tackle and but they sort of had four or five men on that side. And it seemed like I know sometimes they talk about players on the pitch needing to sort of um sort of solve their own problems sometimes. And and it didn't feel like we were doing that. It felt like we were trying to sort of work to these patterns of play that we wanted and worked mm. to these plans and but Davis was getting quite a lot of joy down the left-hand side against Ayama, who was pushing on. He was getting in behind him every time sort of the ball went out there and Edmondson was overlapping around him. And we were much more dangerous on that side. But yet we really kept trying to force the ball into that right-hand side. And yeah, like I say, Danassian probably had his worst game I've seen him have. And, yeah. and it wasn't a terrible game by any stretch of the imagination. He was still, still but, of a decent level. But he had a bad game. Connor Chaplin just... Didn't really, nothing was really coming off. And Wes Burns, again, when he did get in, he didn't really make anything happen with it. And those three are are so important. And they've normally got such a good understanding of the partnership. But we just kept trying to force a ball there with some sort of straight balls over the top, bended balls, Mm. balls that just weren't ever coming off. And... I know, it just seemed a bit out of ideas, didn't we? No, they were quite deep as well. Right from the start, they sort of really defended deep, quite they, yeah. deep. So there really wasn't a lot of space, a lot of space behind them. And they were, like I said, they were deep and quite tight and compact. So, yeah, it's good. Look, we'll get to their goal. But, you know, overall, I thought that, yeah, they probably got what they deserved. They defended absolutely like, as uh, Cammy would say, like beavers, didn't they, really? 
yeah. Well, we we were on top and controlling things, but we, as you as you guys say, we we weren't creating anything of note, were we? Um, but when you are on top, Joe, and you're the best in the league at restricting opponents from having attempts on your goal from open play, you don't really want to be conceding yeah. from the odd set piece that you do give away, do you? No, and it, and even conceding the set piece was pretty bad, wasn't it? We'd, we'd sort of they'd had a corner, we'd cleared it, and then someone had been pulled back and Chaplin sort of tries to take this free kick really quickly, doesn't he, and hammers it across the pitch. But it just gets intercepted on the way and he's trying to get it going. And then all of a sudden they've got another corner. It comes across and I don't know, who is it that does the first header? Is it their five, is it, Jackson? I think it was the, it might Paul, have been the captain, Paul, I think it's it. Paul, isn't it? Yeah, is it but Paul? it loops really high up. And as you see on that picture, you've got, <laughs> you're well covered in the box, but you've got... There's a ball watching going on there. Walton had sort of been in the goal, hadn't he? He'd come out of the goal. And I say, for me, from the other end, because obviously you can't see exactly what's happening, you think, well, the ball's been up there ages. The keeper's just got to come and do something with that. It was up there for so long, wasn't it? But then if you sit from there, when the head is won, Danassian sort of drifted off that man at the back post, hasn't he? Like, And looking at the still there, it's the guy. So there's one, two, three, four defenders. And it's, uh, it's I think... Um, O'Connor or someone, I think O'Connor's the guy that actually wins it there. He's in front of in front of Walton there, and sort of with a with a back header. We are so static and flat there. I think that's yeah. Evans near him. Evans doesn't put in a challenge there, and it's um. But when yeah, you look at the, the two men shit, with yeah. Evans and Dapo yeah. there, it's, it's it's six players within yeah four yards where that ball's falling, and not no one great. really no one puts in a great challenge, does it? No, it's a bit lucky, is let's face it. You know, nine times out of ten, he never keeps that ball in play, and he heads it up in the air, and the ball drifts mm. out behind. But it's just it's an awkward one because it hangs there. But we should deal with that better. I think the uh, the ironic cheers from the North Stand were still echoing around the stadium, weren't they? From that yeah. first initial header, that header which as looks it was like put into the ballooned. back of the net, yeah. it looks so, like it's ballooning behind. That's right. Yeah. Like, so there's a comment about Walton there, but for, I don't. I, I, no. Again, you don't really see what happens. But when the ball loops up, Walton ends up right in the back of the net, doesn't he? And he sort of has to come out there and sort of going forward to the second half when they hit the post as well. Walton ends up sort of tripping over and. I don't know whether there was extra pressure for the Lincoln players. I've not had a chance to watch those back sort of in detail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a few comments here, as you say, about Walton and also such bad marking. As Jim, as you say, Dave, look, it's not difficult, not a difficult <laughs> spot, the ball competition, because every single just, player is looking at it. Everyone's just it's static, isn't it? It is such a weird thing because the ball, Jim or whoever just said it, the ball does go about 30 feet in the air, doesn't it? And they all look, you know, it's a it's yeah. a really odd one. But they, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's dead right. They win three. They win three headers to score. He's right. Yeah. Are we are we in the territory, Dave, of our first C word of the season? There, in regards to the, the no, defending? no, I don't, I, I don't think so. Not quite. I don't think it's deserving of that yet, Craig. No, not not okay, really. Man. No, it was pretty pretty ropey and poor, but a little, a little unlucky. Yeah, as you say, nine times out of ten, he, he gets his head to that ball. And that ball just drifts behind. Um, but yeah, we just we just static and flat flat footed. And Joe, as Joe Joe pointed out, Danassian is Danassian's probably the worst of all because he just comes right off the man, doesn't he? Yeah, and the problem we've got now is Lincoln have got something to hold, so, something to hold on to. And by yeah. God, they held on. They held on to it, didn't they? <laughs> Incredible, yeah. Um, so yeah, so for the rest of the half, basically there was there was a good a good ping from Wolf, and there wasn't there out to the left to Davis, who sort of took it in his oh, stride, pulled it back was. to Chaplin. As that was the big chance, I thought that was our, probably our best chance, really. But yeah, Ladapo sort of getting each other's way, gets in the way, yeah, That'd yeah, been right yeah. in front of you, Joe. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's a it's a move we've done dozens of times before. It was just perfect, wasn't it? It was the ball out wide, a quick ball back. Cut he back. Slot tucks those in the corner, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, Evans had a long shot tipped wide from about twenty yards, and then had a free kick, kick in a decent position. A free yeah. kick straight at the keeper, didn't he as well? Um, but the first half ends with stats and the state of the game, which weren't a million miles away from um, Morecambe last week. In that we'd had seventy percent possession, the opposition had had one shot, and we're uh, we're losing oh, one nil. Yeah. Um, and you, you could tell McKenna wasn't happy with the first half because all the fans, everyone around me, everyone I spoke to said, oh, it's so passive. We just think it's so slow. And with sort of probably about three or four minutes of the halftime break left, the players were out there doing a real, with John Ashton and Lee Grant, doing a real high-intensity passing, heading workout. Yeah. And they were out there for a good two or three minutes before Lincoln came out to join them. So it was obvious that McKenna wanted them to sort of 
get out there and get on it a bit more. And, and in fairness, we we were in the second half, weren't we? We we were more on it. We were faster, but it was more for for me. It was more the sort of taking an extra touch in sort of key areas, making the wrong decisions, as opposed to actually the general play to get you into the decent positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I say that at Morecambe, we did sort of come out from from the whistle, all guns blazing, but it still took us five or six minutes to get going in, in the second half this time. And as you say, Joe, there's people just taking more touches than they needed to. There was a lot of misplaced passes in the first five or six minutes of the, uh, of the second half. Um, but then we just started to eke our way into it. But again, it was, it was shots. I think Chaplin had a shot. Harness was brought down. The ball fell to him and he hit a shoot. Harness had a chance just on the left, didn't he? He blazed it over from on the angle, didn't he? Yeah. Um, about eight yards out. Um, and now they didn't make it 2-0. I don't know, really. That's incredible, isn't it? From the yeah, corner. They, yeah, yeah. So um, it hits you, so it's hit like, again, you had a good view of that, Joe. So it hits the inside of the post, isn't it? Yeah, well, Dinassian and sort of Walton just get lost and all of a sudden he's just totally free at the back post and sort of heads it down. It looks like it hits the post and almost bounces up and hits the bar. It's that sort of yeah. high. It doesn't go all the way up there. But, yeah, that was poor marking there and that could have been what sort of game over at that point, really. But, yeah, I said, we, we keep going and we... We keep, we keep going and we keep getting the ball in the box. The amount of, I don't know, when you talk about things like box entries, touches mm. in the opposition boxes and things like that, which are all key metrics for playing well. We must have been really high on that. But we just took we took the extra touches. We're saying there too many times, wrong decisions. And so we end up with 33 shots. We have 20 shots in the box. And I don't know the exact breakdown of it, but 16 of our 33 shots were blocked. And I'd imagine oh, a high percentage of those 20 shots in the box probably... 13 of them were blocked and they're blocked because a Lincoln defended heroically. They were excellent. They were putting their bodies on the line and really compact, really well positioned and did brilliantly. But also we gave them a chance to, there was one, I think when Edwards comes on and he pulls it back to harness, it looks like sitting up there ready to hit it from the penalty spot and he takes a touch and then the shot's blocked and Edwards breaks into the box, beats man, beats another man and, Run another shot, tries to beat that third man and gets a shot blocked. And it, it just seemed there. And then when, like I said, there's a comment there about how the first touch is massive in the box. When one of our front players does have an excellent first touch in the box, and it's John Jules and he drops his shoulder, creates a real couple of yards of space on his left foot. He blazes the ball over the bar when he's really done brilliantly to open the chance up. He then doesn't have the composure to finish. I think that was, I think that was offside. I think he was no, no, he did put, he, no, he did put one over that was offside oh, okay. when he first came on. But the one, the other one was sort of from the right-hand side of the box. He sort of dropped his shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah, he drops his foot. shoulder and tries to go, yeah, far corner. He showed yeah, that yeah. touch that you needed in that yeah, yeah, no, space you're right, then yeah. put it over the bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, he and Edwards had come on on 66 minutes for Ladapo and, and Chaplin and there's been a few comments and questions about Ladapo, so we'll we'll save those for a little bit. Davis, um, I thought Davis and Edwards looked good when when Edwards came on. They looked good, don't they? Don't yeah. They? Well, there's, there's a question here from Michael in yeah. regards to that. Is that you know we must have known how they were going to play. Maybe Edwards should have been on on from the start, or, or may if not that, then potentially coming on earlier than sixty six minutes. Yeah, wherever it was. Normally the players make a big difference when they come on, but maybe I don't know. Lincoln, they didn't seem to tire like other teams do. They really whether didn't. It, whether it's yeah. because they're they're fitter or whether it's just yeah. was that they weren't needing to work as hard because they were playing a lot deeper than other teams do. So there wasn't any press of any note at all, was it? It was just sitting deep and they just didn't they didn't really tire and the fresh legs coming on. I guess being one nil up makes a big difference on that as opposed to being yeah. nil nil, doesn't it? That you, and you're you right, do, they, you don't have to go for anything. They were blocks, considering you said how many how many sort of efforts we had around the box. I mean their keeper, all the saves their keeper made were straightforward saves, weren't they? I can't remember. Yeah, there's one decent any one down, down to his right, wasn't there? But still one you'd expect him to make. Yeah, one from, from Morsey, which was at that height sort of thing. Yeah, and straight it was just, yeah, I think it was just, you know, you put it down and uh, the guys on the EFL, Sam Parkin said, didn't he? You know, you just put it down to one of those days and, you know, um, good opportunity to put it right before the weekend this Friday, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. like I say, you look at the stats, 76% possession, yes. 33 shots on goal, and they had three. But I didn't I didn't end the game thinking, I can't believe we've lost that, if that makes sense. It didn't it didn't it didn't feel <laughs> yeah. like a game where sometimes when you have 33 Guilt. shots, the keepers pulled off four incredible saves, you've hit the post, you've done this. It didn't it didn't feel like no, you're right. It didn't feel like we were... If we just scored early in the second half, I'm sure it would have been right. But even at the end, it didn't feel like there's still two goals in this for us. It felt like no. if we get one, we're going to be lucky to get one. 
And it, uh, yeah. final, I still say our final ball wasn't great from wide areas either. Yeah, you know, I don't want to criticise Jackson, but I don't know. Sometimes I just think his decision making isn't great. And I saw someone, um, I, I, I didn't pick it out, but someone I think on a Telegram or might have been on TWTD on the on the group said that um, it was one occasion where Jackson got the ball down that wide wide left, got to the line. Had a had a look where to put it, and then John Jules stopped. Instead of John Jules carrying on, he sort of stopped, and again almost got bet- caught between two stools, as, as often happens, you know. We, we didn't yeah. we didn't have enough men in the box though, did Probably we? I, not, I think that's no. the problem. Like you've got yeah. you've got, but like you haven't you need you need four or five men in there to aim at, don't you? And it didn't seem like your chaplain and your harnesses were busting a gut to get in the box or making positions in there. So when Jackson's yeah. playing in there, you've got two players to aim at and seven defenders in there and you you just got to flash it in there and hope that one someone gets on the end of it but I thought, I thought Jackson did in his 10 minutes I thought he did more than most of the other attacking yeah. players did but yeah. we just we just weren't getting enough bodies in the box at that point Quality sleep is essential that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, well, yeah, so Jackson came on on 79. Him and uh, Vincent Young came on for Burns and Danassian. As you said, David, for once, you know, for in recent memory, living memory, that Burns and Danassian partnership just did not click did, at all. Did, Danassian did, was poor did, from did, the very start, wasn't he? As, as Gary said there, I think they really did their homework on us, didn't they? They did a bit of a job on us, but I don't think the two of them... Yeah, it was obviously partly due to that, but I just think they just didn't look quite at it yesterday. Their touch wasn't great. Danassian's touch, which is usually very good. And Burns, just just not slightly... Just not on it. Not on it, quite on it yesterday. Mm. Yeah, But and as you said, Joe, that, you know, Jackson... Made a difference, you know. He did in his ten minutes more than Burns had done, and, and Burns isn't a a tricky, dribbly, take it round a player winger. He's a knock it past him, sprint to the line, cut it back, isn't he? Yeah. Which is what Jackson Jackson pull back play. Well, all Jackson, play well all Jackson wanted to do was just put in, put me in behind. He just kept making that running behind, that running behind to the byline, and was there for the little inside balls. And yeah. there's not really much more he can do from out there. And he just needed somebody to bust the gut and to make a chance and try and get on there. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, it's not poor crosses. It's just poor anticipation. Or as you say, Dave, it's making that run and stopping. Well, yeah. keep going and let the guy behind yeah, you make, the, make yeah, the run as, to the penalty spot. I just said gamble. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Okay. Well, as I was saying, that was pretty much all she wrote. We <laughs> murdered she wrote all she wrote. Um, we sort of huffed and puffed uh, a little bit, didn't we? But didn't create anything of of any great note um as you say joe it um finished with so despite 76 percent possession and 33 shots albeit only three of them were uh actually on target um an xg of what was 
over two in the end. You could just for those guys who are who are watching, um, you can see that apart from the the Lincoln goal and potentially the the corner you were talking about there, Dave. Um, there's very little from Lincoln, you know, because we do stop teams from creating, don't we? But yeah, we do. <laughs> and you can see as well our 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 rise is incremental, isn't it? It's very small incremental rise. There's no huge leaps in terms of big chances. It's not until being they score, though, is there? Look, it's yeah, it's it's weight of chances rather than significant yeah. chances. If you yeah. uh, if you know what I mean, unfortunately. But yeah, we can't afford too many games whereby you know you're. Almost, almost three times as high XG as the uh, the opposition, and um, end up losing, unfortunately. Um, so, as it transpires, it was our first home league defeat of the season, failing to score for the first time in the league this season. Um, and uh, the post-match comments by Kieran McKenna were you know, similar to what we said, really, in regarding the second half. He says that we missed chances that we shouldn't miss. Um, but I think he was more concerned about the start of the game. Um, yeah. We didn't start the game how we wanted to start it. The opposition are waiting for that one set play. And if you don't defend that set play well enough, you give them a cheap goal and then it makes it difficult. A difficult challenge, much, much, much more difficult again, which mm. exactly turned out to be, didn't it? And I'm, I'm, I'm always, sorry, I'm always oh, quite impressed by these guys who have to come out and it's the first time I've seen McKenna get animated on the silence. He slung his water bottle down at some point on for one decision that was, you know, not given or, or made um, against us. And, you know, to have to turn around and come out and, um, and, you know, and also I think the, the, point, the point we, we make, you know, sometimes in these games, we moan and bitch about the opposition and sort of, we call him general shithousery, but to be fair, I don't, I really don't think there was too much from them at all yesterday. No, and I, really. I've said it before. You know what? The the, re, the way you stop it is by going in the lead, isn't it? And then it, <laughs> and then it simply doesn't happen. Yeah, if, if you haven't got the nous to break the team down, there are some ridiculous ones, like when the ref yeah. does need more of a grip on it, like when someone's just laying on the floor and oh, saying, yeah. oh, "I've got cramp," and the other team have got a friend. The ref just say, "Look, I've you. You get the physio on now, or they're just going to take the throw in now, and I'm just going to yeah. wait play on, so I get up and play or not." That's happened in Liverpool Man City game, like Jota goes down passing the ball to someone and Man City on the attack in the 96th minute and Liverpool is shouting him to kick the ball kick off the pitch because someone's gone down under no pressure with cramp yeah, yeah. it's just like no that, that I say it's just uh, there needs to be I don't know there needs to be more done around sort of the time wasting and the goalie just laying down on the floor so they can have a team talk and refresh I thought, the, the, ref, I thought the ref was okay yesterday didn't you thought the ref yeah, was gen- right. generally was okay yeah one yeah that was, Evans picked up a yellow did he Think yeah, that was the neatest yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, silly one. But yeah, it would be nice to know actually, because there was a big thing when there a few years ago now, quite a few years ago, in terms of the goalkeeper's got six seconds to release the ball, and the crowd used to count down, <laughs> count down uh, yeah. six seconds, which they still do, but it doesn't mean anything because that's not a thing anymore. But it would be nice, I think, for the a referee or someone to come out and say, "Look, that was you know, the goalkeeper is allowed to hold onto the ball for twenty seconds, whatever it happens to be, you know, just so everyone knows where they're at." The six-second rules in the old days when the keeper invariably 99 times out of 100 used to kick from their hands, wasn't it? Yeah. Which yeah. seldom doesn't happen now. No, no, it doesn't. Um, Walton actually had similar similar tone to McKenna after the match. Um, first period of any game is massive. He said starting games well, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I think um, now it's pretty much agreed that we didn't start particularly well. We gave away a soft set piece and then... Struggled from then on, unfortunately. Um, I suppose what, and it's been said before. Actually, I can't think which match it was that we said it um, about. Is that everything's planned to the nth degree? It, there's there's no room for any chaos, is there, in our system at the moment? Although we haven't really got a player that can cause much chaos with Hadmi being um, injured, but we sort of do. We just stick, still stick to the plan, regardless of you know match, match situations. Um, and that was one yeah. of the comments post-match. Sorry, um, yeah. BBC Suffolk, one of the callers said, you know, are we overcoached? And it got sort of scoffed at by um, Graham Mack, I think. But I, I think it probably wasn't the right term to use. But I think it's just giving players a little bit of leeway to sling it in the area and hope it bounces over someone's backside. But, but, I'm sure, but I'm sure the players do have leeway. To, but you've got to have that confidence to make your own on-pitch decisions, don't you? As opposed to just trying to follow... The, if the plan's not working, then you need to sort of try and do different things to move yeah, the can't. ball about quicker. Move the ball faster is generally what helps. And 
like I say, there's there's patterns of play down both sides of the pitch. And if you can't get the ball down to Wes Burns, you can't keep trying to force it to him. Yeah, he's a brilliant player and he's been brilliant for us for the last 15 months. But he was getting no joy yesterday and he was being marked out of the game. They had all the men over there. And when he was getting the ball, he was struggling. I say, I think, Charlie D. She's supposed to comment about missing Sonny Aluko. You say, Shawnee Aluko, and and I think that's that was a game yesterday. I, I saw Ed actually in the Telegram in Tesco's, and I was saying that about Aluko or a Selena, a player that has just got ice in their veins when they get the ball in the last in the final third of the game. When they've got nine men in between them and the goal, and they they have got the touch, they will take the time, they will try and pick a pass out. Where sometimes Chaplin and Harness are a little bit frantic, aren't they? And they're players that make yeah. things happen but yeah you're yeah. right it's just someone to someone to put their foot on the ball and make that right make that right yeah. decision <laughs> yeah well so norman's uh, norman's did similar yeah did we miss Celine yesterday but he i suppose he's more of a a dribbler with the ball similar to what edwards was I, I we were a bit surprised where we were that edwards didn't come earlier because you know if they're sitting back and the whole match is condensed into you know you've got 20 players condensed into a 30 yard section you of try the and win a penalty or something like that don't you you're, you're not passing it through them are you there's no space to run behind them you're not going to pass he, it through them just try and dribble around someone get, as you say, he, he, get a penalty as, as i week. said he, he edward certainly made i thought he made a, another really good impact on the game yesterday yeah yeah he did yeah he's, he's doing well actually he's, he's playing yeah, well he the last, last few weeks isn't he um yeah so yeah please um by all means get some get some more questions in for the guys in the comments um We'll just quickly go through the uh, results and bits and pieces from uh, yesterday, bearing in mind that uh, Charlton and Portsmouth are playing tomorrow, tomorrow. evening. I, is that on yeah. Sky, isn't it? Or, oh, all right. Lovely stuff. Um, so, yes, Accrington lost 3-0 at home to Derby. Difficult place to go, Accrington, um, sometimes. Um, Bolton yeah, that was, a miss, that was a misnomer, though, wasn't it? There was two misnomers. <laughs> Two missed penalties at one nil, wasn't it, Joe? Was it at one nil? He missed two penalties. I think they one nil down. Two he missed two, in two minutes, <laughs> and then Derby scored a minute later. Yeah, so it was a bit of a, and then they scored their third on about the ninety-eight. So it was a little bit of a, I was like, well, it's a three-nil away win for God's sake. But yeah, there's a story there. You said saying about that. Did you slightly off topic? Did you did you watch the Sheffield United highlight? <laughs> yeah. Bloody Nora, what a game that was! <laughs> yeah. That was. Bonkers, wasn't it? That, that was, was almost <laughs> almost the Battle of Bramall Lane again, revisited all, all over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Bolton Barnsley nil nil. Yeah, Burton one one with Morecambe. Um, another good result for Sheffield Wednesday away at Cambridge two nil. Bristol Rovers oh. um, four nil. Hopefully, time. yeah, doing what we will be doing to Cheltenham in uh, about a month's time, which just so happens to hey. be. The uh, same night as the blue, or same day of the evening of the Blue Monday Live show, which and it's live, it's live. Um, so please, Blue Monday ITFC.co.uk for your tickets for the Blue Monday Live show, which will be after the Cheltenham game on the twelfth of November. Um, Exeter lost four two for Oxford. Oxford has suddenly found their uh, their shooting boots. Did you see? Um, did you see what player of the year yesterday? What happened to the player? No, of the mate. Year? No, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the highlights. Dragged, dragged hook, at half time. Hooked at half time. Three nil down. <laughs> probably, because has he already got the award in the bag? So they just oh, want to. It might be. It might well be. Yeah, yeah. Not. I don't think it's yeah. going quite so well for him again. Oh dear, poor oh, fella. No. Oh, dear. Um, Shrewsbury beat Fleetwood. Good, good result for uh, Shrewsbury. Yeah, they're doing well. Fleetwood. Um, Whereas Milton Keynes aren't doing particularly well, Dave. No, no. Yeah, I mean, and again, I saw. I don't know if you saw the highlights of this one, the kamikaze stuff again from the back. Oh, no. Real, real sort of hide, you know, head in your hand stuff, really. Yeah, and um, obviously Plymouth, the team in quite good form. Yeah. <laughs> Took full advantage. Yeah, well, the first one was a horrible goal as well. Keeper just fumbles one from Whitaker, just absolutely throws it in and it sort of dribbles over the line. Yeah, horrible all round. Yeah, he, I mean, uh, you'd think he's going to be coming under some pressure soon, aren't you, Liam Manning? Yeah, 100%. And yeah. Um, Ellis Harrison scored again for Port Vale. I think it might have been a, a pen, but he's, he's scored yeah, he again for those that. guys. He must be getting um, up to the top of the goalkeeping goal scoring. Or something like that, isn't he? Or... Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Wickham... Um, beat Portsmouth, uh, Peterborough. Sorry, Peterborough. Were they winning Peterborough? 
They won your lot. Oh, I don't oh, remember that one. No, but they just can't get going, can they? Yeah, no, they just cannot no, they can't. get going. No, and here's the here's the table for those guys who are, are watching. Um, we're still hanging on to a second position, um, albeit Portsmouth. Um, I say they've got th three games in hand in the uh, second week of October, which is something to behold in itself. Um, but yeah, if if, Port if Plymouth are starting to go, well, I appreciate Zanet Milton Keynes, but if they're starting to go away and winning uh, 4-1, then their home record's going to look after itself, isn't it, at the top there? You think so? See, just just notice that. Charlton unbeaten at home. There you go, tomorrow night. Portsmouth go there. I guess it's yeah. just... It, it, the way it looks at the moment is that Plymouth, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday you are think just so. streets ahead, and it's just whether yeah, Portsmouth can hang on yeah. to our coattails to join the automatic race, doesn't it? Because if you look, seven-point gap to... or eight points between us and Peterborough at the moment, well... We're going to have to go on a very bad run of form, and then on a very good <laughs> run of form for six, seven weeks for that to get turned over, aren't we? Really? Yeah, as we know. Yeah, yeah. Pl Pl yeah. Plymouth really are home park bullies, aren't they? Look yeah, at that! Wow. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Um, so, in terms of uh, what have we got? Oh, actually, there's another thing. Do you see the rumor today about Schumacher to West Brom? There was something six on... to four favorite. Is he really? Oh. Apparently, according to Sky, one of them, one of them I saw earlier. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but that, that would obviously be. Well, Ryan Lowe left last year, and they didn't seem to stop in their tracks. But who, well, yeah, who's the assistant? Who's the assistant to the assistant? Then, if yeah, they managed right. to get uh, Ryan Lowe's assistant, in. Like said, think... Plymouth do seem the most disruptable team up there. If you look at us, Sheffield Wednesday, and Plymouth, like of loan players, and they've got they've got the, they've got key players on loan who might yeah. be recalled by their parent clubs. They've got a manager who's, if he's in demand, is probably going to be harder to keep there as opposed to sort of McKenna and Darren Moore at us in there so you do just sort of not hope but that sort of that their season is disrupted and allows us and Sheffield Wednesday to fight it out for the title rather than three of us fight it out for the top two because you you you'd rather some... lose out and come second than lose out and come third wouldn't you you think someone like Deitch would be a good fit for West Brom wouldn't he someone like him got any money I just I think yeah, they're that's really, another really point. poor yeah, at the moment point. So. Yeah, yeah but it is interesting if if you know the manager of um, Plymouth being touted with West Brom then where's the manager of Ipswich going to be Going to be talented for, I suppose. You got to think. Yeah, about he was. That, right? I thought, let's hope his stock has dwindled a bit after yesterday. Yeah. One <laughs> the, loss. Um, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, one loss. Yeah. No, I think he was down. I think he was. He was obviously mentioned, but no, he was fairly well down, like twenty-five to one or something like that. He was down in the list of they, almost. They couldn't, aff they couldn't afford to get him from us. Yeah. Hmm. West Brom, pretty probably Joe. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite interesting. They were talking again on Suffolk yesterday about at what point do you was it on Suffolk? I think it was on Suffolk. At what point does McKenna get given a um, a new contract. You know, they've, they've <coughs> excuse me. They looked after Wolf and they looked after Burns, and after a season of doing well, they got given a, a extension to their contracts. At what point do you um, start tying McKenna down to a fourteen year contract? Interesting to see. Um, right. So quickly, other news: Elkin Baggett scored his first domestic goal for Gillingham. Um, it was a hell of a header as well, a thumping header. Um, Wasn't it? I missed this. Someone said there was a really glaring miss in that game like a proper comedy miss did you see it Joe? yeah like someone sort of <laughs> hammered a shot across goal and he's on the line cash get and just sort of managed to lift it over the bar from within within a couple of yards he lifts it over the bar Harewood-esque um what else we've got oh um just a couple of quick plugs before we get onto the questions obviously this week's a bit different with the the game being on um friday evening so uh there's no live Q&A Wednesday, but Rich and Seb are doing a live pre-match on Thursday evening. So join the guys on Thursday evening rather than Friday for a live pre-match for the Friday match. Um, and we're back again, three people will be back again next Sunday to go through um, go through the Derby game. That will still be on the Sunday. Obviously, well, the Ian Westlake interview is still out there from, from uh, Rich and Phil, which was fantastic over an hour of uh, various tales from his um, journey from Clacton to swimming to Ipswich to to Leeds to Cheltenham to back to the, the non-league in, in Suffolk. It was a, a good uh, 75 minutes of chat, wasn't it, guys, with uh, Ian Westlake? Yeah, and as anyone who's listened to him on the I Follow Co-Commentary this year, no, he's a really good talker and really interesting and enthusiastic and 
charismatic guy, isn't he? So, yeah, well worth a listen there. Exceptional. Except speaks exceptionally well, doesn't he? Speaking about non-league and stuff, didn't he? Didn't he not come back and play for? Did he come back and play for Needham? Yeah, who are in the FA Cup first? Who are in? Tomorrow, imagine that one. Drawn away at Bloom. (laughs) Drawn away at Bloomfield. Christ, there'd be a rush for tickets for that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in Hamburg that weekend. So I'm hoping just for a non. Exciting draw that I can just miss. Yeah, but (laughs) so I miss that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Chris, you know, even getting into the first round proper is money, isn't it? It's cash. What an achievement. Huge money. And they had a really good run of the FA Trophy last year. They got right through to the quarters or the semis. Incredible. Things going well down there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Literally, I remember look twenty five years ago they were still playing on on a park. Maybe maybe long, maybe thirty years ago, still playing on Crowley Park. Literally putting the nets up, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Sorry. Well, yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, unlike Joe, let's hope they get uh, a decent. Um... <laughs> I hope Needham get a good draw and Ipswich get a boring <laughs> draw that we can win. Yeah, Barrow away or something like that. Yeah, nice easy one. Q Plymouth away. Yeah, uh, right. A few questions um, coming in. A lot of them are on along similar lines, but um, we'll we'll get across as, as many as we can. Um, there's a couple from the from the Telegram group. Um, Dan from the Telegram group asked, and also Graham in, in the chat here was asking about um, Kamara, who on the back of the news that he's returning to training um, or to returned to training this week. How do we use Panuche Kamara once he's um, fully fit? And will we see him potentially Tuesday night, Joe? Well, Tuesday night, I think, could be an interesting one because I was um, sort of passing the training ground on Saturday morning. There was an under-21s training session, which I think is not a um, not a usual training session. I think they've been pulled in for an extra training session on the Saturday. They were due to have a game against Millwall tomorrow, which has been cancelled. So I wonder whether the game against Cambridge, is, with us basically already qualified bar, an absolute nightmare and an 8-0 tonking or whatever, whether we are just going to go really young for that. Because bearing in mind, we've obviously we played... Saturday, we've got Derby on Friday, we've got Port Vale on Tuesday, then we're game straight the following Saturday from there. So it's just, you've got sort of a really busy month and we've done the hard work in the group now. So do we now just utilise the fact that we've done well in our first two games and just play the kids out there and maybe a Kamara goes and gets 45 minutes and it is treated as, as as a reserve game where the first team manager says, I want him to get 45 minutes, I want him to get an hour. And go from there, and I, I think that's where we're going to go. And I, I hope it is. I, lo- I like to see games like that. I think that's what the Papa John's trophy is for. And like I say, we've we've earned the right to do that in the next game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dave, in terms of uh, strikers, now Jack uh, in the Telegram um, was asking, do we need to pick a striker and, and give them a, a run of starts? Um, and similarly, Dave was asking. <laughs> Will we have a match soon this year, this season, where the central striker starts and finishes the same match? I think we, I think probably no, because of the because of the strength and depth. I think that'd probably be be you know a big surprise if if that happened. Um, but do we need a striker? Does a striker need to start playing? You know, home and home and away? Because basically, yeah, I think I, I think so. I think so. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because the Dabo does give you. A degree of physicality, and as 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 West and um, in Westlake has said, and, and other you know commentators have said, you know that it's a bit of a that our, our number nine role is a bit of a thankless role, isn't it? Because they're not going to get they're not going to get bundles of bun, you know, bundles of chances. They're just not. It's just the, the style we play. But you know they need to be. It's a it's a difficult one. I think Ladapo physicality. The physicality is is probably a better bet than than for instance John Jules. However, John Jules, I think mean, Westlake said himself in the interview, is probably as he said one of the technically best players at the best players at the club, but young and fairly inexperienced. Um, yeah, it's a, a tricky one. That I, I really don't don't really know the answer, but I'd be surprised right through the season given the strength of depth we've got, especially when I had me when I had me comes back and is fit um, up till January. Whether we, whether a striker does play the full ninety minutes. I think we, like I say, we we, we looked at the um, market this summer when we signed Freddie Ladapo early on in the window. I don't think many Ipswich fans expected him Not to be all. our only senior striker come the end of the window, no. or sort of senior number nine striker. So there was obviously a big 
push to sign George Hurst. Sounded like, again, when Phil mentioned on here on transfer deadline day, there's a big push to sign Will Keane right at the end of transfer deadline day. And we sort of ended up with Gassana Hadmi, which is he's just not in the same league as those two. He's a project. He's a player that's mm. looked good. He's done well against us. But I think that we'll be going back into the market in January for a striker. I think we are short there. I think the problem we may have is a little bit that I don't think there's... Between Ladapo and John Jules, I don't think either of them is far and far enough ahead of the other one to be the one that starts every week. That yeah. they both have different strengths. They're both doing generally fine, but neither of them are saying yeah, there's no way you can drop me for the next game because I'm going to play so well yeah. today that you're going to start me and you're going to start me the game after that and start me the game after that. And they might argue it's because they're not getting a run in the team. I think John Jules could probably argue that more than Ladapo because he started a lot less games. But I don't know. I think maybe you do just need to hit your wagon to one of them but again we're talking you just mentioned you've got f- sort of four games in the next yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's week so you are, you are going to need to rotate where do you, you, you know where, where do you go for a striker do we do we look abroad somewhere perhaps that's the perhaps that's the answer i so i haven't done any research into this at all but i guess no. you're looking at somebody who's in a decent bit of form this year at a good club who's playing well who <laughs> um is maybe their contract's up at the end of the season and you can sort of say... You're going to say Connor Wickham in a second, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was, Wickham, I was, I was going with that. Yeah, I was but, going but, with that. But someone where you can sort of say, look, we'll give you 300 grand and buy him out of his contract. And yeah. the clubs at this level can't afford to say no to that. But yeah, Connor, Connor Wickham, that is a a player who's scoring goals at Forest Green, isn't he? And if he can be anything like the player he's been in the Con- past and beast. he's actually playing uh, games, yeah. he looks like the sort of player that would be perfect in a McKenna system. Big, strong, quick good on the ball, scores goals when he can play. But I say he's he's only on a short-term deal at Forest Green. And I say if, if he carries on and scores another five, six goals before January, he's going to be getting them. He's not going to be staying there for the rest of the season, is he? On a pay-as-you-play, tuck-me-hate-me deal. He's going to be back earning proper money. Yeah. Um, question from Michael. Well, more of a statement. Maybe time for Chaplin and Harness not to start together. Both their first touch is very loose. It's just as you say, Joe. It's more. It's more a case that they're sort of off the cuff type players. They don't hold on to the ball. Do they? Their first instinct is to get it and go, get it and move it, sort of thing. And they're by definition doesn't always come off. So you're sort of losing possession further up the pitch, I suppose. Aren't you? And this is where we, when Aluko was injured, this was what we said, wasn't it, at the time that you, you're going to miss a player like that. Yeah. Um, one from Mallet. Is our passing game causing us issues? Should we run at teams more given the success of Edwards and the way Harness won that first free kick? Yeah, I think I agree with that. It'd be a little bit more direct. I mean, it's not direct. You're not pinging passes forward, but yeah, you know, get the ball in those advanced areas as Edwards do. By the way, I like about Edwards, I've said before, Edwards can go either way, can't he? he can drop his shoulder, go right and go left. Obviously, I think he's much more effective coming coming off the left. Um but yeah, and it was good to see. That was a great. That was a really good move. That when Harness, I mean Harness, skipped a couple of challenges there. That's, that was the Ed, um, Evans free kick, I think. Um, yeah, a bit unlucky, really, not to finish see that out, finish that off. Yeah, just a quick one here from JG saying that um, he'd heard that we're after really? Stansfield um, and would revisit in Jan to take over the Exeter loan. I think what it was Stansfield is that we were signing him, and then we thought maybe he's a bit inexperienced, so we then. Yeah changed tact and went for John Jules instead because he had a bit more experience and it was sort of one on the other on those. So I, I think it, I'd be surprised if we were, I know he's having a decent start to his time at Exeter, but I'd be surprised if you went in for someone of that profile. Yeah. Nice story that, isn't it? Exeter. Yeah. yeah. Amazing story, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, as Julian just says here, that the Westlake interview is a, is a great listen. Um, as Jules is, Thank, thank you can always rely on Jules just to drag it back to the 80s. Fantastic <laughs> 80s references. The Duncan Goodhue of Ipswich Town. There you go. That's that's something to David like. Wilkie. I'll throw that one in. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Actually, I was going to say Rolf Harris. Do you remember the Rolf Harris um advert where he was in the swim? He's trying to get kids to swim and he was oh, there. Was loads of those learn to he swim, waved yeah. his toes at the camera. Waved his toes, yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. I hope he wasn't exactly. in the changing rooms afterwards. <laughs> Whatever happened to Rolf Harris? Um, Rolf on Saturday. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Good. Um, so in terms of um, sort of just scooting past um, Cambridge, you know, we've spoken about what we expect to see um, Cambridge-wise in terms of the team. What about Derby moving ahead? Obviously, um, Rich and Seb will, will go into what their thoughts are and obviously the opposition more so um, on Thursday evening. But 
in light of yesterday, how do you think all, things will change for uh, for Friday night? Maybe Edwards will get maybe Edwards get a start. Um, I mean, just going through the team yesterday. Oh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't leave. I mean, you wouldn't leave Danassian out on on sort of one poor game. I mean, I'm not. I think perhaps he's had a couple of fairly average games by his standards recently. But I don't think you'd leave him out just for one poor game. I know he got knocked, didn't he? he got a little bit of treatment, but pretty much saw the game out as as much as he did right up to about 80 minutes after that. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe Edwards for potentially harness maybe. Um, Mm. But Burns, John, is an John Jules, maybe John for Jules for, for, for Ladapo. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll probably stick with Burns, and um, if I fit, stick with Burns and um, Burns and Danassian, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. it's just. Well, yeah, we say that. It's just. It's this. It's going to be the same section of the team which gets moved around because you're not. You know, Morsey and Evans isn't isn't going to change. Like Evans did fine yesterday. Actually, I think him, but him and. Wolfenden and Edmondson. Wolfenden was good yesterday. Wolfenden was really yeah. good yesterday. Yeah. At one yeah. point, he was almost and just in defence on his own, wasn't he? <laughs> and he was really because because Danassian was struggling. He was really covering from a lot. Was Edmondson yeah. was just going forward and overlapping, and Wolfenden oh, was just like a one-man yeah, defence, just he, picking he, up he was his class really, act. Oh, he's absolutely superb yesterday. Yeah, there was one in that. There was a moment in the first half. I, I can't think who he was defending against, but he just took. It was just a touch. He was coming out the sky, and he just took a touch and yeah. just. One or two strides away from the attacker, confident. and he just sort of just strode out of defence. Confident boy, confident boy. Yeah, very good to see. Yeah, yeah, he's playing well. Um, and just well, we get towards the the top of the hour. Well, uh, we'll knock on head relatively shortly. Um, Tony's asking a question about the BM Live show. Oh. Tickets still available. Twelfth of November after the Cheltenham game. Is there any dress code as it's wow. in the Sir Bobby Robson suite? Well, good point, actually, Tony. Uh, I think it's black tie. <laughs> Black tie and um, ball gowns. I, I, I think it might be. Um, I think Craig, you're gonna apparently you're gonna be on the door, aren't you? So you just can't come in wearing that. You can't come in wearing. It's, it's not yeah. trainers. Get, trainers. <laughs> yeah. Get, it. Get yeah. out. So no, you won't be able to wear your um your tattered jeans, Tony. I don't think um or any um swimwear or leisure wear, <laughs> whatever they, whatever they call it. So no, I think I think you're pretty safe. To be I think honest. you're probably yeah. Right. No, it's, it's not a corporate event. No, is it? it's, no, it's fine. Uh, We've hired the venue, so it's our rules. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be we'll be liberally sprinkling sawdust on the floor as, as you walk <laughs> in to make everyone feel uh, feel at home. Um, quick one from Aidy. Let's poke that hornet's nest, shall we? Um, will you be able to talk about the derby game without mentioning the black shirt? Not the black shirts, but the black shirt. So, are either you two guys have got any? You know, particular gripes a, about it is it is couldn't it, give a monkey's profit. I'm, I'm I'm not a fan of it personally. I'm, I'm not. It's not like care. a massive issue that I'm really yeah. upset by. But I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I don't even like when we have blue shorts. I like blue shirt, white shorts, blue socks, and it just seems I don't know. We've already sold this shirt out twice. Gimmicky, what more commercial it? benefit? Gimmicky. It's not on our home shirt. It's got Ed Sheeran tour written all over the front of it. So it's not like we're giving him extra marketing by wearing it in that game. I'd have liked to have worn it at somewhere like MK Dons, where we're taking ten thousand fans there. Or even away at Exeter, but I think the, one of the biggest things that's going to annoy me is that it sounds like Derby are going to be playing in a maroon kit, and you're going to have black Ooh, against maroon on a Friday horrible. night, isn't it? Yeah, when when it should are be they? blue against white. Yeah, that's going to be odd. Wow. Yeah, they really need to. And like I said, I'm not colour blind, but a lot of people are. So I'm like one in ten men are colour blind, and I said I struggle watching that Plymouth Ipswich game at times. It was a it yeah. was a real tough watch, especially when the sun was bright. And this one under the floodlights. If you have got two dark colours again, it's it's really not a good product for people. And more, they've they've made a point about colour blind people, and next year they're going to be kicking in. But I think we should really be making an effort to make the game more inclusive. On as that you, side as you said, though, as you said, though, Craig, it's not as if it's, it's not as if they need to advertise it anymore, is it? Just it's like hotcakes, that isn't it? Mm. Well, if if, if the colour blind people are going to struggle, hopefully Matt Holland's not on Cocoms as he's famously. Crusty, think, God knows what I think of your shirt, Joe. I think you're just wearing some sort of <laughs> grey, grey thing. Like, oh, Matt Maritima got a boring old shirt. Just, like, yeah. Who designed that? Yeah. Oh, dear. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, I think we pretty much hit our hour on the head and we'll get told off if we go on uh, any further. So just leaves me to say thank you to, to Joe and thank you to Dave. Thank you, gents. Thank you for your time. No worries. Um, and more importantly, and finally, thanks to everyone 
who's joined us and uh, who's joined in. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.